Hello everyone, I'm your host Ben Grove and welcome to the 11th episode of The Sydney Factor. This episode is a very special episode because instead of our usual three news breaks and a weekly explainer, we'll be interviewing Rose Jackson, Shadow Minister for Water, Housing and Homelessness. We'll be interviewing her on Parliament House on Tuesday the 23rd of November. Hello everyone, I'm now here in Parliament House with Rose Jackson, Shadow Minister for Water, Housing and Homelessness. We'll be asking her a few questions about her, how her party might run New South Wales and what her positions involve. What are some of the main things your party would do for the state of New South Wales and Australia as a collective? Well, I mean, I think one of the key differences um, between the current government that we have in New South Wales, which is a Liberal and National government, um, and the government that I'd be part of, which is a Labor government, would be the way that we approached managing the economy. So the Liberal and National government, um, they do this thing called privatisation, which is where they sell a whole bunch of bits of the government so that they're not owned by us, the people, anymore. They're owned by the private sector. And that really undermines the economic strength of our state. So one of the key differences is that we wouldn't sell all these different bits of the government. We'd keep them in the government in our hands. And that's one of the big differences. I think one of the other big differences between the current government and a government that I'd be part of is where our priorities lie. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of people, a lot of issues, um, a lot of different things that you can spend your time on when you're in government. And this government spends a lot of its time looking after the interests of people who already have a lot of money and already have a lot of power. And that's how they get the government to look after their interests. Well, we wouldn't be interested in that. We'd put our focus on people who don't have a lot of money and don't have a lot of power and maybe don't have very good schools and their hospitals are run down and they don't have good parks and playgrounds and places to live. So we think that those people who don't get a big voice in politics, um, they don't have a big, loud microphone and a lot of money, We think they should be the priority. And I think that's one of the big differences between a Labor government and a Liberal and National government. Mm, So in a way, levelling out the playing field. Yes, exactly. That's right. You know, I think we do live in a society that's a bit unequal. You know, some people have more opportunities than other people. And look, if you, you know, work hard, you should get reward for that. But it should be the case that everyone who works hard should get equal reward. You Mm. shouldn't put in so much effort and work so hard and try so hard to get ahead and it just be impossible for you to do that. That's not fair. And so we do want to make it a level playing field. So everyone who puts in hard work um, gets fair reward for that. Mm, Yes. What do you do as part of your jobs and what would you say is your biggest role out of water, homelessness and housing? Look, my job involves a whole lot of different stuff. So I... I'm here in Parliament a lot of the time, you know, making speeches and speaking about laws and voting um, on different bills and different laws. That's a big part of my job. But that's not the only part of my job. I also try and get out into the community and meet with different community groups and stakeholders um, as much as I can. So, for example, next week I'm going out to regional New South Wales to talk about some housing issues that they have outside of Sydney. And I think it's really important that politicians 
don't just sit in here in Parliament House all the time. It's an important part of our job, but actually get out in the community as well. And I try and make sure I have a lot of time to do that. In terms of water, housing and homelessness, I mean, they're all big issues. I'd say housing is probably the biggest one. We have a real issue with housing right now, and it really is going to affect young people, like in your generation, how hard it is to afford housing. So, um, you know, for my parents and, and, and probably your grandparents, you know, it was a lot easier to get a house. Now it's really hard and people who work really, really hard and save up a lot of money, they still can't get housing. Um, and that's really stressful if you can't find a place to live. So that's a, probably the biggest part of my job right now is trying to get better policies so that everyone um, can get a secure house and a safe house and an affordable house. Wonderful, yes. Uh, what made you interested in politics and when did you decide to become a politician? I actually got interested in politics at school. Um, when I was in high school, not primary school like you, um, when I was in high school, um, Pauline Hanson was first elected to the Australian Parliament. So I don't know if you know her. She's a senator now. But yeah, she was a Queensland MP back in the 1990s. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was in high school. And she was saying a lot of really racist things then, like she does now. And as a someone at high school, I didn't want to have politicians in our parliament saying really racist things. And so I got quite an angry and active mm. in politics and wanting to put another voice and another point of view. Um, also, John Howard was the Prime Minister of Australia then, and he also had a lot of policies that I really didn't support. Um, I mean, there were lots. He had a really negative policies towards Indigenous Australians and Aboriginal people, which I didn't support. Um, he refused to sign the Kyoto Protocols, which are um, laws about a better environment. And he's engaged in the war in Iraq, um, which was a really big mistake for this country. So there were a lot of things that he did that I didn't support. And I thought, well, you know, I can either just complain about it and not like it, or I can do something about it. And so then, you know, when I finished school, I joined a political party and I started to spend time actually changing the way that politics worked. And from there, that's how I made my career in politics. Yes. Well, I'm sure a lot of people can agree with that. Yeah. And I guess it is an important message that I'd say to young people that you have a lot of power. Um, maybe you don't always see that, but it, you know, if you're, if you're upset about something and prepared to do something about it, you actually have a lot of a capacity to make change but you know you you can't just complain you got to yeah. do something <laughs> yeah. yeah did you have any jobs prior to being a politician yes I did so I worked for a union um, which you know they're organizations that look after people's rights at work mm -hmm. so I worked for a union um, and I worked for the Labour Party so the actual political party for Labour um, and before that, I worked for a member of parliament. So I was a staff member in parliament and I worked selling children's clothing, actually. Um, and I put myself through uni selling kids clothes. I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> I really was interested in politics. And so that's kind of why I pursued jobs that were in that space. Yeah. Uh now, you're part of the Legislative Council, yes? Yes. Now, what's the difference between the Legislative Assembly and the Legislative Council? Well, that's a great question. Um, I don't want to get too technical, but it's called a bicameral system. 
meaning two, two different houses of parliament, as you say, the Legislative Assembly is like your local representative. So, you know, depending on what suburb you live in, you have a local person that represents that suburb and that community um, locally on the ground there. So I live in the suburb of Rockdale. So there's a local member in Rockdale. His name's Steve Camper, and he represents everyone in Rockdale and our local issues. And everyone has a different member locally who's in the Legislative Assembly. In the Legislative Council, where I am, we sort of sit on top of that. We don't represent local communities. We represent different parties. And we do a lot more review work and committee work. So it's less about a local school and a local hospital and more about how can we fix our hospital system generally or how can we get better you know, policies for education generally. And we do committees and hearings and inquiries at that broader level and do more review work in the Legislative Council. We like to talk a lot in the Legislative <laughs> Council. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, from your role in homelessness, what would you say are some of the long-term effects on children that grow up in a homeless family? Oh, I mean, they're massive. You know, the long-term consequences of children experiencing homelessness, unfortunately, are very significant. So they have lower educational attainment. So it's hard to go to school. If you're homeless, you know, it's hard to get to school every day and have a uniform and have a lunch and get your homework done. So often they don't do as well at school. Maybe they drop out of school early, um, which is a real shame. They maybe are less likely to go to uni. There's often mental health consequences, you know, stress, trauma. It can be really hard not having a stable home. And so there can be long term mental health issues. There can also be issues where they're overrepresented in our prisons. So if you grow up homeless, um, you're more likely to end up in jail. And, you know, that can be, you know, those kind of, I, we call them often cycles of inequality. So if you grow up homeless and in poverty, that's more likely to be your experience as an adult. And then that's likely to be your kid's experience too. And it's a really sad part of the society that we live in that some people get trapped in that cycle and that's part of what I try and do is is break that is say mm -hmm. look if you grew up homeless we're going to try and intervene to stop your life you know being something you know that you end up homeless yourself or you you know you, you find it more difficult to get a job or maybe you even end up in jail you have an opportunity to live a better life and so that's where policy should be directed in my view mm. What would you say are some things that you or your party might do to stop homelessness? You know, it's funny. The one thing that we can do to stop homelessness is give homeless people homes. And I know that that sounds a bit funny and weird, but it's actually true. One of the weird things about our homelessness policies now is we sort of try and take all of these other issues in people's lives and address all of these other problems and you know what the main problem is? Homeless people don't have anywhere to live. And so what Labor would do is say, we are going to give you a house or a, an apartment or somewhere to live first and foremost. Then, look, there probably are other things in your life that need to be addressed. Maybe, as I said, you maybe you can't read and write properly. You know, a lot of people have problems with alcohol and other things like that. They need to be addressed. But we would say housing first. And it, it's one of those funny things like people say, well, 
well, of course, in a way, you know, what's the problem with a homeless person? They don't have a home. But you'd be surprised how often that gets lost in politics. So we'd say we're just going to give more homeless people access to housing. Mm. And in that increasing funding to government housing? Yeah, it would require an increase in funding to housing. But one of the things about it is it would actually save money in the long term because a homeless person, you know, if they're particularly if they have trouble with going to jail or maybe they have health issues because it's hard to look after your health if you're homeless. So then the hospitals, it actually costs a lot of money to look after a homeless person. It would cost a bit of money and you'd need to invest in the housing bit first. But actually, we'd save money in the long run. Yes, because uh, in cases a hospital bill for a two-week stand hospital or something like that could even cost more than the rent for a house for a year. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Now, what would you? What is one thing that you think would make Australia fairer as a country? Look, that's you know a tough question. I think one thing that I would like to have more focus on is the over-representation of Indigenous people, Aboriginal people, and particularly Aboriginal young people in our criminal justice system. You know, I think there are a lot of things that we should change, but I think that's one that's really important. Aboriginal people represent about 3% of the population in New South Wales, but close to 30% of the people in our prisons and in our juvenile prisons, our juvenile detention centres. And that's not because they're more likely to be, you know, have a, uh, more, you know, not understand the difference between right and wrong yes. or they don't understand what crime is. No, it's because our society is unequal and the system ends up with more Aboriginal people and Indigenous people in our prisons than is fair. And so if there was one thing that I would like to change, it would be more focus on that um, and addressing the fact that you know for hundreds of years really aboriginal people have been disadvantaged and that in this day and age you know we can do better in terms of them having um, more equality and more rights yeah definitely well thank you for having me here today oh it's a pleasure thanks for chatting thank you and that brings us to the end of our first special interview episode I'd like to thank Rose Jackson for having me and all the people I met in Parliament. We'll be back to our usual podcast formula next week.